Hey guys, this episode's a bit of a tester. We're going to be breaking up the season with uh, a couple of short little mini episodes, hence the mini Maui. Uh, my workload this year has strangely gotten heavier uh, and just a little bit less time than I had before. So spacing out some of those longer episodes, I'm going to be inserting some of these mini legends of the figure of Maui. So I hope you enjoy and I'd love to hear your feedback. Hello friends, my name is Patrick Little and welcome to A Little History, the show that looks at human history eh, a little differently. I'm an ancient history major and an all-round historical nerd. I love telling stories, talking shit and cracking beers. Join us for season two as we continue on with our mythology apology. Nothing is off limits as we continue our exploration of some of the famous and not so famous stories from various mythologies and folklore from around the world. Stories that seek to explain the world around us, warnings against messing with the higher powers, or sometimes for the sheer entertainment. Sometimes I'll have a guest coming in cold, and sometimes it's just you and me. So kick back, drink them if you got them, and join us as we discuss the glorious mess that is our history with the little shit-talking and silly sound effects as well. I'm sharing my office with a baby. You know what, what I've already been through, yeah, all right, I'll probably just do that. And he kicks you in the water. That's out of order. I'm no detective, but I think they've actually had us on, yeah? How did we get to a shirt shitting on people? <laughs> I know, she's probably got a magic vagina or something which keeps you distracted, but... We're copping it over here, Dad. <laughs> it's not doing <laughs> shit for us. <laughs> I'm going to make a little frog do different times. But unfortunately, Gina Davis isn't rocking any of those skills. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's, she's killed pretty soon. Now, are you looking to shift the cat's allegiance? Go for good grand hand. Put the bags away. We're not going anywhere now. <laughs> you think in one of those 20 heads, you'd have a freaking good idea. <laughs> no. I mean, they've got parties with boxes, people eating semen. This is just a riot. They said I was mad. They said I was mad when I did that. <laughs> but I showed them. Who's mad now? <laughs> now kill him and take his foot. I'm a walking zombie burner. The stories of the figure Maui are well known throughout various peoples that flourish in the Pacific Islands. Maui is an incredibly important figure in both Maori and Polynesian culture. Seen as a kind of Heracles of the Pacific. And I think there's a version of him in the Disney film Moana for some reference. He has some supernatural parents and was super strong and clever. There are many stories of Maui performing some magnificent feats on his adventures. And these serve to explain the world in which these various island peoples inhabited and offers us an insight to the fascinating cultures of the Pacific. One of these stories we will hear today. It's a Maui mini. Maui. How Maui slowed the sun. One evening, Maui and his four brothers, Rotu, Mua, Pei, and Taha, were preparing a hangai for their dinner. Now, hangai is like a basically like what you cook in, you dig a pit with fire coals and hot stones, and usually you put your stuff in there like fish and sweet potato. Uh, but these days, you get a little bit more meat involved these days. I've actually uh, seen a hangai process when I was walking the Kokoda Trail in Papua New Guinea. Uh, a few years back, and they did this with a wild boar that they caught on the track. So it's it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing to see. Uh, anyways, so Maui and his brothers are getting their hangar going. Ooh, lovely. 
But as they finish heating the stones for this, the sun, which we know as Tamanui Tera, went down on the horizon. The setting of the sun. And soon it was too dark to see anything. Maui was pretty annoyed by this, because he didn't want to eat his food in the dark. And this appears to be the last chore for him, because he stands and addresses his one owl. So his one owl is like a uh, like the extended family, it's like his tribe. And he says, every day we have to rush to do our chores and gather our food before the sun sets. Why should we be slaves to the sun? I will catch this sun before it rises and teach it to travel slowly across the sky. But understanding the seemingly impossible task of a single human having any influence on the direction or speed of which the sun takes, people were quick to criticise Maui. And one of Maui's brothers, Mua, he says, it would be impossible to catch the sun. He's much bigger than any bird you've ever caught, mate. And someone else shouted that the heat from the sun's flames would surely burn Maui to death before he could even get close enough. Another of Maui's brothers, Taha, joked, and he said, I reckon you've been in the sun too long today, mate. You've got a little heat stroke to come up with a bonkers plan like that, eh? And the whole crowd laughed. Surely such a feat would be impossible, and any attempt at such would be folly. But as the crowd pulled themselves together after Taha's little zinger, <laughs> Maui, cool as a cucumber, pulls out the sacred jawbone of his ancestor from his belt and held it aloft. Sacred jawbone. And he says, you lot must have pretty short memories, eh? I've already achieved many things that were considered to be impossible. I was able to harness the fire of a mahuika. Mahuika fire. Catch the greatest fish in the world. The greatest fish. And even travel to the underworld. Underworld adventure. Just to name a few. This magic jawbone. A gift from Muriwanga Wenau. Muriwanga Wenua. And also, with your help, I reckon we can catch the sun. And this seemed to jog most of the people's memories that Maui was indeed a demigod. Son of a god. And had already achieved some pretty fantastic feats. And they resolved to help him on his quest. And so the next day, Maui and his Wenau collected a massive amount of flax, of which to make ropes. The trick of making flax ropes was something that Maui picked up when he journeyed in the underworld. Which is another story. And he taught his crew how to make the special type of flax rope, which was super tough. So interesting that there's no punishment for Maui coming away with the secrets of the gods or, you know, from the spirit world, like what happened to our boys Phineas and Prometheus in now Jason the Argonaut story. Episodes 29 and 31 in your catalogue. Go and listen to that if you have a chance. Uh, Maui gets away pretty much scot-free with bringing back this information, so good on him there. Zero repercussions. Now, after five days of making, weaving, uh, folding and twisting, the ropes were complete and Maui set, uh, said a special karakia over them. So now with the flax ropes completed and enchanted with a karakia, Maui and his crew prepared for the journey to go to the uh, where Tamanuitera rose from the depths of the earth every morning to travel across the sky. That evening, Maui and his brothers loaded up the enchanted flax and began trudging eastwards. As day broke, the crew took shelter under trees and bushes so that Tamanuitera did not see them approaching. 
For 11 more days they journeyed east, and on the twelfth night they arrived at the edge of a massive glowing pit, which went deep into the earth. Inside this pit, Tamanuitera was sleeping and would rise from this spot the next morning to begin his journey westward across the sky. The journey of the sun. Maui's brothers were shitting themselves and were silent, terrified at what would happen should they wake Tamanuitera. But Maui was resolute and ordered them to build four small huts around the pit for which to hide the, the magical flax ropes within and make a wall of clay to soften it at the entrance to protect the ropes. Once these huts were constructed, Maui and his brothers spread some more extra ropes into a massive noose and then attached them to the ropes which were inside the shelter. So they basically just like set in a big good trap for Tamanu Itela. This whole effort was done throughout the night and only just completed before dawn and the sun was about to wake and begin its business being the sun. So like just in the nick of time there, lads. And with themselves as prepared as they're going to be, Maui calls to his brothers. All right, boys, when Tamanui Tera rises and his neck and shoulders are in the noose, that whole thing, that thing that we set up all night, you remember? I'm going to call you guys to pull on them ropes, all right? But one of Maui's brothers started to get nervous and wanted to scoot while there was still time. He's like, whoa, guys, why are we doing this? This plan is bonkers. We're going to be burned alive for sure. If we leg it now... We should be able to survive this crazy shit. And two of Maui's brothers begin to sneak away. And Maui calls to them. He says, look, dudes, we're in it now. If you bounce now, you'll be spotted by Tamanu Itera for sure. And you'll be the first to die. There's no backing out now. We're in it. And the Fleam brothers had no time to respond because at that moment, Tamanu Itera, the sun began to rise from the vast glowing pit, the rising of the sun. unaware of the trap laid for him. Tense moments passed as Tamanu Itera's head and shoulders passed through the noose. Then Maui yelled, pull on them ropes, boys! But his brothers were paralyzed with fear at the sight of Tamanu Itera. And they could do nothing but stare. But Maui yelled again, Boys, if you don't pull on them ropes, we're all going to be scorched to death. Bloody pull! But as he yelled, Tamanu Itera saw Maui standing before him, and he was pissed. Like, there's no way that Tamanu Itera was expecting to see anyone in his crib as he woke up. He was ropeable. And Tamanu Itera would have been like, Oi, what are you doing in my bedroom? I'm really, really angry about this. Take that. And he threw a fireball at Maui. But Maui, being the demigod that he is, was able to duck. And while still holding tight to the noose, he threw in another enchantment on the ropes. Because, you know, it couldn't really hurt at this point. It looked like everything was going to go tits up, but Maui's brothers eventually find their feet and rush to grab the ropes from the four huts just before Tamanu Itera could wriggle free of the noose. Realising now that he was snared, Tamanu Itera was like, Ah, I'm really angry now. You've got me all worked up. But Maui moved quickly, fighting off the crazy intensive heat. He raced to the edge of the pit. He took the magic jawbone from his belt, Ooh, sacred jawbone. raised it high above his head and brought it down upon the sun. The magic qualities of the jawbone and the intensity of Maui's strike created a flash like a bolt of lightning as it struck the sun. And Tamanui Tera was like, Ow! 
Why'd you go out and do that? That shit hurt. I haven't even had my coffee yet. And you're wake- whacking me with a... What's, what's that, a jawbone? And Maui was like, yeah, mate, it's a magic jawbone. Now, I did this because you've been going through the sky too fast so that I have to eat my dinner in the dark. I don't like that. From now on, you're going to travel more slowly through the sky. Never again will the length of day be decided by you, buddy. But Tamanui Tana struggled against the trap and he was like, Nah, mate, I travel how I like. When I get out of these ropes, I'm going to mess you up. But Maui brought down the magic jawbone again and again, beating the shit out of the sun, until finally Tamanui Tana gave up the struggle and agreed to Maui's demands. Maui called to his brothers to let go of the ropes, and Tamanui Tera, tired, uncaffeinated, and thoroughly roughed up, began his journey up into the sky. The new rising of the sun. The enchanted flax ropes becoming the rays of the sun that can be seen through the clouds. Explanation of the world! From then onwards, the days became longer. Maui and his people had plenty of time to do their fishing, gather their other food, and do whatever chores were required, all before Tamanui Tera set in the western sky. The setting of the sun. Maui was not forced to eat his dinner in the dark ever again, which he was pretty chuffed about. Hooray! And Maui's abilities could never again be questioned. On top of his own feats, he had managed, with the help of his brothers and his people, to tame the very sun itself. So thanks, Maui, for making our days the length they are today. Woohoo! See you next time, Maui! Maui! Thank you for listening to A Little History. To get in touch, feel free to get us on Facebook, Instagram, or hit us up on the Gmail at littlehistorypodcast.gmail.com. We'll catch you next time for a little history. Cheers.